Welcome to FitChix Chat, the weekly podcast dedicated to educate and empower women to take control of their lives, where we talk about fitness, nutrition, mindset, and wellness. Today's episode is brought to you by FitChix Academy, where we help heart-centered women who love health and fitness get certified as fitness and nutrition coaches and build amazing businesses. If you're ready to create the life, health, and career you love, please join us for any of our upcoming certifications that you can read more about at FitChixAcademy.com. Now let's dive into this week's episode of Fit Chicks Chat. Hello everyone and welcome to Fit Chicks Chat. My name is Amanda Quinn and on today's podcast I have Andrea Labor joining me. Hi Andrea. Hey. How are you? Very well. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Now, um, just so everyone knows, background, you are a fitness and nutrition expert grad. You are someone who I have been in touch with for years since you graduated, we've always stayed in contact. And I just am so excited to share your information because what you're doing and I think where you started and sort of your story, your background and sort of what, how everything has evolved for you is so cool. So I'm really excited to have you joining us. So thank you. Thank you. So why don't you tell people a little bit more? Why don't we start off by you just kind of sharing your story, if you don't mind, just kind of like your own transformational story, because I know that it's, it is a, it's an important sort of thing to share, I think. Yeah, cool. Okay. Um, so growing up, I was not an active kid whatsoever. I was the kid that like faked an asthma attack so that I didn't have to do gym, stuff like this. <laughs> avoid exercise and all this stuff I didn't know anything about eating well um and uh as I got older I kind of took that on myself to learn a little bit um you know through my friends about how to exercise and eat better that kind of thing so I was pretty active uh just kind of in my later teens, early 20s, uh, and then I got married and had kids, and it kind of went downhill from there. So uh, I really uh, fell into postpartum anxiety. I uh, ended up with pelvic organ prolapse, um, Mm. which is not good. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's just not, if you're even if you want to be fit, if you've got this, then that's a major barrier to getting fit. So, um, I put on a ton of weight. I, uh, you know, kind of gave up on the fit part of my life. I kind of saw it as uh, that's what I used to be like. And now I'm a mom. And I even, you know, remember saying to myself, whether it was out loud or in the mirror or whatever, Oh, I guess this is what moms look like. This is what moms look like. They're tired and they're miserable and they, you know, they have all this extra weight that they don't want to have or whatever it is, right? So that's what I was saying to myself and I just resigned myself to the fact that this is how You just kind of like threw your hands in the air and was like, this is it. Yeah, I was like, this is it, I guess, right? Because, yeah, so, you know, at that time I had two kids uh, under three years old and it was just, it was too much to uh, kind of... um, think about eating healthy and doing all that stuff. It was just like, we need to eat now. And whatever it is that ends up on the table, that's what we're going to (laughs) have. So uh, that's kind of where where it was. Um, But then, you know, fast forward a little bit, I saw my sister actually, and her husband lost a lot of weight, started going to the gym, you know, and they were really enjoying it. 
their mm-hmm. kids were a little bit older uh, than mine, but not by much. So I thought, oh, okay. So this is what parenting can look like too, right? This is like kind of expanding <laughs> my mind. So, um, you know, they uh, just started like tracking their calories and stuff like that. So I started doing that as well. And that was the beginning of, you know, the rest of my life. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I... I learn more about food through tracking, you know, like on my fitness pal, it tells you calorie count and, you know, the macro breakdown of everything. So I learned about food initially that way. Um, and then, yeah, I just kind of did my own thing as far as exercise went. And, you know, as that went on, I really thought, okay, I feel great. I do not any longer have this postpartum anxiety. I, I don't have, you know, sore wrists and knees and everything that I had. I can't keep this to myself. I have to share this with other people. So that's kind of where I started as far as like wanting to get into helping other people with this. That's amazing. And I know like for you, your career path, like since you graduated from the program, you've kind of shifted though. Cause at first you were doing, you were focusing more on fitness and correct me if I'm wrong. You thought you would never like teaching group fitness, but you ended up loving it. Yeah. <laughs> I would never like it is that I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> I wasn't going to do it and nobody was going to force me to do this. <laughs> and then you ended up really liking it, but um, yeah. which is the funniest yeah. part. It's like the thing that we have the most resistance again is probably the thing that we should be doing. But, um, yeah. totally. yeah. but you started with that and then you transitioned into a more focused approach, a more niche approach. Can you tell me about that? And like when it comes to, cause I know specifically your talk, you talk with women that like are postpartum, correct? Like, um, yeah. And so you're helping them with DR, you're helping them with pelvic floor health and that kind of thing. How did that come about? And sort of why do you think that that is so important? So, it started with group classes. Okay. So when I was running my group classes, I had uh, somebody coming who was a friend of mine. And because, uh, you know, initially your friends are your best customers. So <laughs> she was a friend of mine and she came uh, to my class and she said that she had this thing, she called it. So this was her diastasis recti. Yeah. So uh, I said, uh, I don't know a lot about this. I know what you're talking about, but I don't know and about how to modify things for you. So I think that you should go and see somebody about this. Mm -hmm. So she had gone to uh, a physiotherapist, but it actually wasn't a pelvic floor physiotherapist, just a regular physiotherapist um, for six weeks. And they gave her exercises. Um, and nothing changed within six weeks for her. So I thought, okay, that's not right. I can't turn her away from my classes. I want to help her, yeah. but how can we do that? So then I'm like, all right, I, I need to learn more about this. So I uh, found a course to take. Uh, it was Core Exercise Solutions uh, is the, the company. And the course was uh, pre and postnatal uh, corrective exercise specialist. And through that, I helped her go 
uh, within a couple of months from a four finger wide gap that was super squishy. She felt like she could touch every organ in her body yeah. to uh, tight on one finger and wow. not a whole lot of give underneath. So that was like, okay, this is, <laughs> this, this is what I want to do here. Yeah. So I, I was able to, you know, uh, learn enough and get enough experience too with people um, in order to uh, be able to run a group class that was specifically helpful for public floor stuff and to be able to um, do this as a one-on-one as well. Very cool. And I mean, when it comes to pelvic floor or even with DR, like, I think that this is an area that a lot of people are just confused about. They don't even know that they necessarily have it. Like your friend that came to you and they said, she just said, I have this thing. Like she didn't really know how to describe it. She didn't really know what was going on. Why do you think that is, is it, is it just because it's not common knowledge? It's not talked about enough. It's not something that we're prepared with in terms of information when we're pregnant or having baby, you know what I mean? Like, what is it that you think is causing people to have so much confusion around it? Cause I know even for me being a fitness professional after I had my daughter, I was like, do I, don't I like very like question marky yeah. about everything. Right, like right. I was like, what? Like, and so do you think that it's something that we need to do more in our industry to prepare people for? And oh, do you think that we overcomplicate yeah. it? All of it. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of questions in one. <laughs> that was loaded. <laughs> yes, blanket. Yes, to all that. Uh-huh. So I would, I would say, like, people don't address it because it's a combination of being in the dark and just having no idea. Um, they, you know, they don't know necessarily what it is. Uh, I think a lot of women are afraid to find out if they have it because then maybe then that would, I don't know, mean that they have to address it, right? So maybe staying in the dark is cool. As long as I don't know I've got it, then maybe I can just live my normal life. (laughs) Um, You know, as normal as your life can be when you've got um, diastasis. And then definitely in the industry, there's not enough information about it in like, all the regular courses that we take, even, um, you know, like continuing ed courses and stuff. I I think it's really important to have every trainer at least have a clue what it is and how to deal with it. Um, Always we're able to refer out to somebody who knows more, right? Like I'm not a mobility specialist person. I have somebody that I can refer to um, in that case, but to always have uh, somebody that you can refer somebody to, Um, I think also people are really confused about how to deal with diastasis because there's a lot of different information out there about how to fix it. So, you know, there, there's, you know, a bunch of different methods. Uh, they all have their own cutesy names or they all have, you know, it's, it seems, um, that (sighs) there's not not necessarily just one pathway to healing, right? So somebody will go to, let's say, a public floor physio, and they'll say, okay, so what you have to do is lie on your back and tie a towel around your waist and do, you know, five crunches three times a day, then you'll heal. Right. But somebody else would say, that's completely not necessary. All you need to do is X, Y, Z. Then that's what's going to fix it. So people look at all this information if they're Googling or, you know, talking to their friends, and find out, uh, I don't know how to approach this, so I'm just mm-hmm. going to not do anything. 
Agreed. Right? And they, yeah. yeah, it's kind of like weight loss, right? Like it's, it's, I mean, it's more, it's a different situation altogether, but it's kind of like the same because there's so many messages, right? There's so much confusing messages around nutrition or like, should I do strength training? Should I do hit training? Should I do less training? Da, 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 da. Like, but it's really about like, finding the thing that makes the most sense for you, I think. Would you agree with that? Yeah, sure. Even with yeah. even with DR or pelvic floor health. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, what are some of the telltale signs though? Because again, going back to that confused state of people being like, do I have it? Do I not? I don't know. I don't even know what to look for. What would be yeah. something that some of our listeners right now could be, whether they're trainers or whether they're, um, you know, new moms or pregnant or whatever, or even just thinking about it, what can they look for as like telltale signs that maybe they're having DR issues or any kind of pelvic floor health issues? So, um, what I tend to hear from people is that doesn't look right. Nothing looks right. Right. They, they have that quote unquote mommy tummy. It's, uh, kind of still play doughy and gushy and wrinkled and has that kind of look to it, um, you know, several months to several years postpartum. Mm -hmm. And they're like, I feel like this is not what I'm supposed to look like. Uh, The belly button might look different from what it used to look like before being pregnant. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, somebody who had an innie might now have a belly button that is flush to the skin on the outside. So something like that might be a telltale sign for somebody to check on themselves. Um, as far as trainers go, uh, looking for, uh, not a lot of strength and not a lot of endurance. If somebody does not have a lot of strength or endurance, it's possible that they have some kind of issue, uh, as far as diastasis goes and certainly with pelvic floor, um, physically when somebody is doing something, let's say like, uh, crunches or any kind of ab work where they're laying on the ground or they go to sit up even, um, they might see like a coning or a doming or a bridging, whatever you want to call it, some kind of ridge down the middle, uh, between the six pack muscles. So that can be, that's a really strong indicator that something's going on there, uh, at least as far as coordination of abdominal muscles go mm-hmm. and possibly with too much pressure going outwards. So rarely um, people might experience pain with it. Uh, I've had two people lately tell me that when they you know, go to roll over or sit up or whatever, it feels like a tearing sensation. So that's not um, typical. Diastasis mm-hmm. that there would be pain, uh, but it is it's possible and it does happen. Um, and then uh, another thing is with sore back and hips. So if somebody's low back is sore, that means it's doing a lot of work because the front isn't doing a lot of work. Okay, right. so the back is having to make up for that. So uh, if our abs are not coordinated and they're not um, quote unquote together at the front, then the back is going to be doing a lot of the work for that. Interesting. So yeah, those are, those are some telltale signs, uh, for people to watch out for. 
Thank you. I appreciate that. Because I think that just even having some clear indicators, again, because there's so much messaging out there and there's always people talking about like the fingers, right? Like if you have like yeah. two fingers or three finger width, yeah. but it's like, what does that look like? What does that mean? Like people get so confused. Yeah. Like what do I even know? Like I can stick my finger there, but what am I supposed to be feeling for? So at least having some other indicators and telltale signs to be like, mm, this might be a red flag, I think is a really good thing. Now is... And this might seem like a silly question, but is diastasis recti, is like, is that caused or even public floor health issues? Is that only for people that are post-pregnant, uh, post-pregnancy? Yeah. Oh, no. Exactly. Absolutely okay, not. good. No. I, I, I kind of knew the answer, but I was like, maybe this seems like a yeah. silly question. But <laughs> No, not at all. Like, you, like, there are men that have diastasis recti. Um, there, you know, are women who have never had a baby who would have it. Uh, yeah. Anybody, anybody can get it. So essentially it comes from either stuff inside the body that's putting too much pressure out. So yeah. this is where we're getting the baby is in there putting pressure out, or it could be intra-abdominal fat that is causing that. Um, but it's not necessarily something on the inside. It could be external. So something uh, like our loading habits. So how we stand, how we move, how, um, how we exercise. Uh, is all these muscles are acting on the connective tissue that is the issue with diastasis is this thinning and kind of separation of this connective tissue in between mm -hmm. the six-pack abs. Uh, and that connective tissue is attached at uh, the pubic bone and up by the sternum. So it's acted on by everything. Every time we, you know, reach up somewhere or we bend over or we twist or we turn or we, you know, stand with one hip cocked out to the side with a child on it, then this <laughs> is acting on this connective tissue, right? Yeah. And if it's not in a good position to be strengthened because it's being pulled too far, mm -hmm. then this is where we get the lack of healing or exacerbation. Interesting. And now... Mm -hmm. Uh, now, in terms of like the things that you look for as a trainer, as someone who is working with women that are helping, and I know you're doing like online training programs, you're doing group coaching yeah. programs around this. Now, what are some of the things, like the three maybe top things that you do with your clients when you're working with them to start healing DR? Like, I know you probably have a ton of different things. And again, it's not going to be a cookie cutter approach that's going to happen and work for everyone. But is there three things that maybe you're like, do everybody do these things? Yes. Or even two things, whatever. But just some things that you definitely do to help them understand it and heal it. Yeah. So there are actually three main things that I, um, <laughs> this clearly wasn't planned ahead. <laughs> so, uh, but yes, definitely there's variations in there with everybody and how long we work on stuff and how we're working on it. Uh, but the main thing is going to be breathing. Okay. So uh, if somebody no, okay. All right. Well, let's, let's just go back to basics. Breathing. <laughs> when we breathe, uh, our diaphragm is meant to go down. Abdominal wall comes out all the way around 360 degrees and then pelvic floor relaxes down. That's with an inhale, exhale, pelvic floor comes up, abdominal wall comes in, diaphragm comes up. So with the inhale, if somebody's just belly breathing, getting only expansion in the front, think about how much that connective tissue is being stretched out and it's not going to be able to come back to a good position to be supporting the body. So what we want to work on is getting the expansion all the way around. So getting movement in the belly, sides, and the back mm -hmm. so that we can get that um, 
connective tissue to be stressed a little bit because it does need to have some stress, but we don't want it to be stretched too much. Right. I love um, that you, I love that you started with that. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I love that you started yeah. with that because I do think that people always, it's like, people don't believe the power of breath. Like people, oh, they, yeah. like when you tell them like, well, you have to do this breathing exercises. They're like, how is that going to help me heal? Like they don't. So the way you just explained it is so perfect because it allows people to really visually understand like, mm. this is why your breath is so key. And like, so I really appreciate that. So thank you for starting with that. Yeah. And that I always, you know, I'm a question asker, so I'm also a question answerer, or um, I will anticipate, you know, maybe the questions that somebody will have, because they're thinking, how is this going to fix this? How is this going to, right? I'm yeah. already frustrated. It's been five years, like my kid is, you know, I need to fix this. How is breathing going to fix it? So I make sure that I explain the heck out of it, yeah. so that I know why we're doing it, right? Because, you know, for myself, if I don't know why, I'm not doing it. right it's so true though yeah like if you're like if this is pointless then you're not gonna do it no matter how many times somebody tells you to do it if you don't understand it so the second thing that I focus on is posture posture and alignment so uh if we you know we get this really actually gross posture when we look at our phones right we are sticking our chin out and we're thrusting <laughs> our hips forward so that we're just hanging on all of our ligaments instead of using our muscles and our connective tissue to be standing upright so uh, something like that uh, I really focus on with mums and mums um, well everybody's got a different uh, way that they like to stand but our body is always going to choose the way that's easiest, right? If your core isn't strong, it's going to end up, you know, you're going to hang into your hips in the front or you're going to, you know, shift off to one side and put a hip to the side so that you're just, your body's using your uh, tendons and ligaments to have the strength rather than using your core muscles to stand up, right? So, uh, you know, having them be aware of their posture at all times uh, is really ideal um, because, you know, as you're, as you go through your day, we are tired. Our muscles get tired. Everything gets tired. Mm-hmm. Um, but having poor posture because our bodies are fatigued is not really not going to help. So then maybe, you know, noticing some poor posture, uh, maybe the chin coming forward and you get that burning in the upper traps, that kind of feeling, uh, that's your indication. Maybe you got to lay down for a minute. <laughs> maybe you need to sit for a while, recharge, get some water. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's another thing that I, uh, look at with people and then also movement. So how are they moving? Uh, how are they loading their body? So, um, one thing that I do in assessment is, especially over Zoom, which is really easy to see, if uh, I ask somebody to show me how they spit their toothpaste into the sink. And they always go, what? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and then they do it. And without fail, I would say 75% of the time, they're rounding their back to spit into the sink. So again, that is uh, not using our core strength to its uh, full potential, which is not good for healing our pelvic floor issues and our diastasis. So uh, teaching a hip hinge, something like that, would be um, really key to getting somebody to 
use their everyday movements as strength building. Love it. Now, what type of homework do you give to your students? Um, You know, what are some of the things that you, you know, these are kind of like ways that you kind of like, you know, you implement to help them heal and you kind of focus on, but what are some of the homework things, maybe like your top favorite thing that you were like, everyone do this and you always do this on a regular basis. And I expect you to check in with me kind of vibe. Okay. So two things that I do, uh, one is breathing. I, I say you need to practice your breath. And if you, you know, if your life is crazy busy, like I have a client that has triplets, like Oh my gosh. Right. Um, so <laughs> I say, even if all you're doing is focusing on your breathing for 10 breaths before you get out of bed and 10 breaths when you get into bed and any other point during the day that you can think about it, um, that is really helpful. And um, the second thing is muscle release. So uh, our pelvic floor is really affected by tight muscles all over the body. So even, you know, jaw tension and things like this can really affect the pelvic floor because nothing stays localized, right? You know, it's all connected. So if we've got really tight, uh, you know, arches of their feet or they've got really tight um, chest muscles from nursing and holding and doing all these things that we do with our children... Uh, then having those tight muscles can really affect the pelvic floor. So I have them do release of these muscles, whether it's with a lacrosse ball or, you know, just with their hand or with a foam roller uh, mm-hmm. and do this release on a regular basis so that those tight muscles that get tight because they're overworked can learn to chill out. And then we can start to strengthen the ones that, need to be strong to balance that out. Love it. Now with the breathing, would you mind sharing just like, what is the, what is the technique that you like your clients to focus on, especially just in the beginning? Cause I know it probably advances and it probably yeah, maybe yeah. shifts, but what is the first sort of step to like paying attention to breathing? Cause people are like, well, I breathe and it's the most you know, it's the most unconscious thing I think that we do on a regular yeah. basis is we yeah. just, everyone breathes, but we're not always breathing correctly. Like you said. Right. So what is yeah. the one thing, like, how do you describe that to someone? So, uh, firstly I have them lay down on the floor. So mm-hmm. we're not working against gravity too much as far as the pelvic floor goes. Um, and they don't have to worry so much about how their posture is going to be affecting their breathing. Yeah. Um, so I'll have them lay on their back with their feet on the floor and knees falling in on each other. And I'll have them with one hand on their side. So they've got fingers on ribs and fingers below the ribs and a thumb at the back. And then the other hand in between the hip bones, low on the belly. So I like them to inhale into their hands and almost guaranteed the first couple of breaths they do are right up into the chest and they have no movement anywhere else. Right? <laughs> these are the habits that we develop and that's how it goes. Um, so inhaling through the nose, getting a nice long breath into the hands, thinking about getting movement in all fingers and thumb with the hand on the side and uh, getting movement in the hand on low on the belly, showing that we're relaxing the muscles that are in between the hip bones, so the pelvic floor muscles there, mm-hmm. so that we can get movement of the pelvic floor. Because often we get pelvic floor issues because we're breathing incorrectly. When we're breathing incorrectly, the pelvic floor is not able to move around 
like it's supposed to do. And if something doesn't move and doesn't have a lot of blood flow and things, then it is not going to be working properly. So that's, that's the main thing is I like to focus on inhales. I never know what somebody's uh, pelvic floor itself is like, whether it's too tight or it's uh, not strong or whatever it is. Um, unless I've spoken with their pelvic floor physio or they have relayed that information to me. Um, so Kegels aren't necessarily what I am going to uh, work on with everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, but, you know, there are indications that somebody can give me about whether they have uh, tightness or weakness kind of thing. Um, and we can work on lifting the pelvic floor. So it would be a nice big long inhale all the way down, relaxing the pelvic floor, and then gathering the pelvic floor from the pubic bone, tailbone, and sits bones, and drawing those together with the exhale. Love it. Now, I don't know if anyone else listening right now is doing the same thing, but literally as you're talking, I'm like, I'm like doing everything. Yeah, no, I'm like, I'm like breathing and you're like talking about like releasing, like when you're talking about like foot arches, I was like flattening my feet. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> like, it's just, it's such a weird thing that happens when someone talks about a body part, how you just like instantly yeah. react to it. Yes. Yeah. When I do my workshops, it's funny because uh, we talk about lifting the pelvic floor and then all of a sudden everybody's looking up. <laughs> and I know that they're doing it. I can't see that they're doing it, but I know they're doing it. They're like, wait a minute. Okay. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, thank you for sharing that. Now, you know, being that you graduated from the fitness and nutrition expert program with us, mm-hmm. did you find that that was for you an important piece to like begin this process and this journey for education for you? Cause I know that you definitely niched into this and you decided to go really specific in here and get another certification. But did you find that having that kind of baseline really helped you also provide you with the education you needed to be able to feel confident? Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Um, firstly, uh, eating well and having good eating and hydration habits is super important for healing all of our tissues in our body. So that is uh, something that I talk with all my clients about. Um, Because if we're not using really great building blocks for rebuilding these tissues and uh, building muscle and things like this, then we're really not setting ourselves up for success very well. So that was really important for me to have as a background. And then the business aspect of the F&E course was really helpful in helping me uh, niche down and connect with my ideal client. Cause I can go back anytime I want to like niche down further, I can yeah. go back and, you know, create my avatar and speak directly to her and all this stuff. So yeah, for sure. That was really, really great to have Ebony. That's wonderful. Now, how um, for anyone listening right now who is interested in learning more about your online programs and maybe is like sitting there going, hmm, maybe I do have DR issues <laughs> and they have those questions, how can they get in touch with you and how can they learn more about your programs? Okay, so um, my website has some information on it. I'm still working to perfect the website, but it's ongoing, right? <laughs> Progress, um, not perfection. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Goalsandgames.ca is uh, my website. So it's G-A-L-S-A-N-D-G-A-I-N-Z.ca. Um, on there, I actually have strategies for diastasis. So if you click on that, it brings you to how to check for it. And then it uh, brings you to how to breathe properly for healing, how to use your posture for, you know, gaining strength in everything that we do. Uh, And it talks about 
yeah, other things, exercise and things like this. Because there are some things that are really um, confusing as far as exercise goes. There are some people that would say, okay, no, you absolutely cannot do planks if you have DR. Absolutely not. Yeah. I am, I cannot handle any absolutely do nots. I can't. <laughs> I don't do well You're not an all or nothing. <laughs> right? Like, I, I just mean like you, yeah, you, you have to have maybes in there. Maybe you can do this. Maybe you could do one, <laughs> whatever. And then, you know, so it's, it's helping people to look for what it means when I've gone too far with this, or, you know, maybe this exercise is not for me at this time, but you know, maybe a week down the road or two weeks down the road, I'll be able to do a little bit of this. So, you know, I, I want to give people some hope. I don't want to, <laughs> you want to give them the maybes. I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. So, um, yeah, um, very soon, actually on July 2nd, I'm starting an online class that is actually in group form. So it's going to be for women who uh, either want to heal their DR or are worried about it or um, just want to prevent it, whatever. Honestly, it's for everybody. Um, I always say like anywhere from six weeks postpartum to 20 years postpartum, it, it doesn't matter. We all yeah. have to start um, at a good, good spot for foundational strength. So uh, that is up there under classes and workshops. And you do not have to be local, obviously, because thank you, coronavirus, for <laughs> making my world so much smaller. <laughs> right? Um, so uh, that is there for sign up if anybody wants to come to that. Um, and that's for the whole month of July. Perfect. That's awesome. Well, Andrea, thank you so much for sharing all of this information with us. And everyone, thank you so much for listening today. Of course, Andrea's information will also be on our website at fitchicksacademy.com. So you can also go, to, go over there and check it out under the podcast episode for all of her links to link back to her social handles as well as her site. So Andrea, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> all right, everyone, we'll see you again next week. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Fit Chicks Chat Podcast. Want more healthy love? Visit www.fitchicks.com for amazing resources, free workouts, recipes, tips, and so much more to help you live your healthiest and fiercest life inside and out. Thank you for joining us this week. And remember, if you are ready to create the life, health, and career you love, Join us for the upcoming Fitness and Nutrition Expert or our Holistic Nutrition Weight Loss Expert certification programs. Download the brochures at fitchicksacademy.com.